Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sexy in the Suburbs, the podcast about love, dating, relationships, lifestyle, and all the juicy happenings going on in our neighborhoods. I'm your host, Laura Lombardo. I'm a divorced mom, life coach, former dancer for the NBA's Golden State Warriors, and now an aspiring author. Hey, my lovelies. Well, it's been one hell of a week. Found out my ex-husband is getting remarried. That's a little strange, even though we've been over for about eight years. I got some new zits, and I think I'm much too old to be getting zits. And I had an ant invasion. I've had car issues. Thought my engine was going to blow up. Had to pull over. Emergency coolant leakage. Looks like there's mice under the hood. Something I don't know. Teenage son, or recently turned 20, so he is no longer a teenager, but asking if his girlfriend could spend the night. So don't judge me for laying this out with a glass of wine this week. I think the key right now is to reframe. We're going to reframe. It's all happening for me, not to me. That's a great saying that one of my coaches has mentioned. and I've heard more than once. It's happening for you, not to you. So bonus, I did get a convertible out of all this. I'll explain as we go forward. So my car going into the shop does have a silver lining because I had to rent one and I get to Enterprise and the girl took pity on me, did me a solid and gave me an upgrade. So I am driving around like a badass bitch in a black 2020, I think 2021 convertible Ford Mustang. Okay. Now let me say I've never in my life driven a Mustang in all my years. And I also have never driven a convertible and You have got to do this at least once in your life. I feel like a carefree teenager. I feel like a teenager driving around without a care in the world. It's fucking awesome. I think I might have found my next car. I'm having so much fun with it. The weather's been perfect. The sun's shining. The breeze is on my face and blowing through my hair. And it's, I just felt alive. It's freaking awesome. So I was considering ditching the Audi for a more reasonable, I guess, sensible, boring car, but I've done the soccer mom SUV. I've done those sensible Hondas and Toyotas. No hate, no shade, but fuck sensible. I seriously want to get a car that I love and have fun driving. And why not only live once? And you know what? I think it's time. I think it's time. I think I've had enough with car issues. We all probably hate car issues. Not that this wouldn't have any, but it's time. Fuck sensible. Drive the Mustang. There's your quote for the week, sexy listeners. This is a PSA going out to all the ladies. PSA standing for, as hopefully you all know, public service announcement. If you're going to be on a dating app and actually want to meet someone in person, my best advice is to video chat. Make sure you video chat and see their face before you ever agree to spend any of your precious time meeting someone in person. There's a couple reasons for this, but you can guess the obvious is number one, make sure that the person they're representing themselves truthfully, that they match their photos. You're not getting catfished and it's not someone who's a hundred pounds heavier than their photos or maybe 50 years older. That happened to me once I put an age range on the, the few times I was on an app. I really, I don't think I have the stomach for it. It just wasn't for me. And I found it highly anxiety producing. I mean, plus it was a lot of work and Okay, we'll get back to that in a second because I have some advice for the men. Yet, the one time I didn't actually vet someone via video and I met in person, it was a disaster. 
and he didn't look like his pictures. I got a creepy vibe and I was out of there in five minutes. So you'll save yourself a lot of headache and you can really read someone's energy. There's nothing like, of course, being in person is the best to really get a feel for someone, but at least make sure, make sure they're vetted. They're truthfully profiled, representing, you'll know by probably a few minutes in if you want to meet them or not. While we're at it talking dating apps, this message goes out to all the men. And ladies, if you know a friend on there, maybe you can offer some advice. Scan your friend's profile. Make sure it's not frightening or he looks like a serial killer or just an absolute lunatic. But I have to say like 90% of the photos, they're a little fright, they're a little scary. Just, you know, the picture smiling half naked, but like this lechy look or some of them downright mean holding rifles, always the fish. What's with the fish? Every guy almost has a fish or a motorcycle. There's just, it's just learn your angles, guys. We've got to learn your angles. You need to learn the angles and flattering light. Please no shirtless laying in bed. I just am telling you it's, it was quite an interesting array of pictures, but I do think first reaction is pretty important. First impression. And the first reaction on most of these was just got an ick factor. So I don't know. Let's talk about this car problems. And let me start with nobody likes a car problem. Ain't nobody got time for that. But the funny thing is I have a nicer, I guess what you would call a luxury brand. It has given me more headache, I swear to God, than that Honda I had back in way back when I got out of college. And my first car was like a Nissan Sentra. Wasn't super cute, but it did get me around point A to B without me having to lift the hood and put oil in it every 500 miles. So yeah, so let me just say things aren't always what they seem. I get a lot of comments about this cute car and oh, fancy car and yeah, but it's paid for. And right now it's got 126,000 miles on it. And let me say it is not keeping it sexy when I have to pull over and put oil in the dang thing every Like I said, I don't know if it's 500 miles. I might have a leak. I have checked it out with the mechanic. It's burning oil like I can burn cash at a Nordstrom rack. Some reason we can't seem to totally figure it out and I just don't want to buy a new car right now. But my point is if I have a point because yeah, sometimes I'm wondering that it's not what it seems. It might look fancy. People, I get comments a lot like was at a little clinic the other day for work. And these guys out front were just heckling me. These two motorcycle dudes like, oh, you have the fancy car. Are you are you going to get to the front of the line with your fancy car? I'm like, Dudes, calm the fuck down. Seriously. So it might look cute. And I, it just, I mean, today, my coolant, I had a whole issue. I don't know what happened if there's mice under the hood. But I literally had the coolant warning light go off. I thought my engine was going to explode. The temperature went up. I had to drive without AC. I was sweating my ass off. It was not keeping it sexy. It was not keeping it cute. Again, it might look cute and expensive, and but it really, it's paid for. Like I said, I got it probably like almost half the price and it's paid for and it has tons of issues. I can't even get my sunscreen shade, whatever that fabric to close right now. So it's a little bit janky, <sighs> but I do like the look of it. And it's fun to drive when it's actually working. So When you see someone driving a fancy rig, or maybe you have an idea that that girl on Facebook has the perfect relationship, or some people just take the best photos, or their kids seem like they're just angels, I'm going to venture a guess that it's most likely not the case 80 to 90% of the time. 
there's a lot of shit going on behind the scenes. And yeah, so, you know, I try to remember that when I'm maybe getting a hint of jealousy or you just never really know what's going on under that hood. Well, you should. My Hopefully my, my mechanic will know what's going on under the hood, but I'm just saying. All right, moving along. Single shaming. Let's talk about that. Why is it such a big deal to some people if someone is single? And by someone, I mean me or women. Probably a lot of you get this. And I noticed it was more prevalent when I was in my 20s, late 20s, and hadn't been married yet, hadn't had children. It was very invasive. How many times people would ask me, even strangers, oh, you're with someone, you're married, you have kids. It just, and then once you get married, the questions keep going, right? Like, oh, when are you going to have a baby? And then when you have a baby, it's, oh, when are you going to have another baby? So my point, circling back to these points I like to make, I think it's time that we have to accept there are so many different stages in life, single, married, whether you're divorced, whether you're choosing to stay single, whether you're in some kind of relationship or you might be in the middle of a breakup, we got to just live and let live. But the single shaming, I know that it's a lot of women stay in bad relationships because they are so afraid of being single. And there's that fear of aging that's tied in with that. Just do you want to live the rest of your life alone? Are you going to die alone? I mean, that's the dramatic fear that is probably at the root of a lot of these unhealthy relationships and why people stay. They always figure, you know, oh, better to be with someone than be out there on your own and not. Although I tend to disagree with that because a relationship isn't fulfilling and loving and everything you want, then I personally don't see the point in being in it. But yes, so this whole idea of being in this single boat, if you're uncomfortable with it, it's a stage in your life. I get it. It might not be your ideal, but just remember, and when you have those friends that are, you know, oh, are you seeing anyone? Especially after you get divorced, then everybody wants to know when you're going to start dating. Are you seeing anyone? And so on. I'm sure the questions could continue forever and you just at some point have to not give a shit. But remember those days you're down or just when people might be asking you too many questions or getting on your nerves or hitting a soft spot. It's human nature to be curious. And I think if friends and family probably are well-intentioned and maybe they're afraid to be alone. So they're projecting their fears onto you. Like, wow, gosh, if I was single, this is what I'd want. I'd want to find someone. So everyone's looking at things through their own lens. We got to remember when you're in that single boat and your friends who are married, I think Bridget Jones, it was the smug marrieds referred to them. It was pretty funny. That's an older, a little bit of an older movie, Renee Zellweger, classic, hilarious. Books are great. Anyhow, I can see where the smug marrieds comes from, the Facebook postings, happy couples. Just remember these friends of yours or acquaintances who are pressuring you or nosy or judgmental. A lot of these people are going to be headed back to Planet Single. They're going to be in your boat. They just might not know it yet because life changes and inevitably breakups happen. People get divorced. Sadly, some people lose a partner or are widowed. I just ran into a girlfriend today on a walk who was married 20 years and her husband just moved out. So she is finding herself uncomfortably back in the single boat. Another friend of mine I just found out her husband passed away and it was very sad, way too young to go. It's shocking actually. And she's now a widow with a 20 year old son. She did not, I'm sure, see that happening. It's very, it's really tragic, especially when it was real love. 
They were a really happy couple, and it broke broke my heart to hear that news. Just remember, though, not that I want anyone's partners to pass. That's not the ideal way to come back to Planet Single, but it's it's a fact of life. We all don't know how much time we have, and it's just about making the most of every day and whatever stage you're in, settling into it, accepting it, making peace with it, and finding joy, still living your best life. Because at some point, we all are entering and exiting this world alone. And it's great to feel confident in whatever stage you're in, whether it's married, separated, single, consciously choosing to remain single. I feel the embracing it just, it'll go a long way towards your peace of mind. So again, whatever boat you're in, I say row it with gusto. Row that damn boat. Have fun rowing it. Splash in the waters. Enjoy. Because the only constant that we know is change. And we just don't know what the next day brings. So make the best of the day you have today. Well, this episode's all over the place anyway, so I might as well just keep going. Have y'all heard of microdosing on people? And it's kind of what keeps you stuck when you want to meet someone new, but you can't because you keep going back to the person. You're not really in a relationship with them. But you answer the text, you maybe have a phone call here and there, you might see them even once in a while, maybe once a month. Microdosing, you wish things would be different, they're not stepping up. So all your focus and energy is going there. But you're saying you want to meet someone new and be in a really healthy relationship. The microdosing is probably going to keep you stuck. Because while your energy is being directed, this thing that's not meeting your needs, not making you happy... You're hoping it's going to change. Maybe you're hung up on what could be or what it was at one point or thinking, okay, this person's going to come back. Of course, you know, he's still texting me once in a while. He sends me a happy birthday, but that doesn't really mean anything except that you might be part of the rotation. Maybe they just want to know that you're still there. You still speak to them. It's a little bit of an ego boost, whatever their reasons. It doesn't really matter if it's not serving you and it's not what you want. It's probably best in my, in my opinion is to cut it off. If you truly want to be in a happy, healthy, committed relationship and what you're doing isn't serving you, isn't what you want, maybe it's causing a little anxiety or sadness or you're feeling lonely, it's not making you feel fulfilled like the way you would with when you see a good friend, you come back and you feel elated and uplifted and inspired. And instead, when you leave or you come away from this conversation or you wait for that text, it doesn't come for another week. You're leaving depleted, maybe feeling a little sad, a little lonely, a little insecure, uncertain. Well, that is the reality of that relationship and what it's meaning, what it's doing to you, what it is. It's not what you wish it would be. It's not what you think it could be someday. You've got to look at, unfortunately, what is actually happening, how that person is making you feel in your life, how you're allowing it to happen, and if that's what you want or not. And if it's not working, it usually is best to let something like that go. Because as long as you're holding that hope or you're kind of, like I said, I know that term's being overused right now, but that new term microdosing, whatever, it's basically you're still focused on this old relationship, this person, this ex could be someone maybe you were never really involved with, but hoping to be. It's the same effect. You could be totally 10 feet from the man of your dreams in a coffee shop, but you're looking at your phone waiting for a text from this person. So you're missing it. You are not technically open to what's around you. I believe in order to open yourself up, you do have to let some of that go. I mean, you can't 
put a new car in the garage when the old one's still up there on the blocks. It's kind of hard to do that. (sighs) That's my two cents for today on dating and relationships and microdosing. And what else? We have so much more to talk about. I could keep going, but I think it's time to get back to my suburban task of the day, which is the non-glamorous dealio of fighting ants. Now, I have a very clean home, don't have a lot of food around right now, and it's 100 out, so they come in looking for water or whatever. And I have to say, I'm not a fan of mass bug murdering, mass bug homicide. No, what is the word? I don't know what I'm trying to say. Bug killings. Okay, but it's game games off. It's all come into my house. It's it's fair game. Listen, I'm not going to bother these ants if they're outside. They should be doing their thing. If they were smarter, they would know they would find more food and crumbs somewhere else. <sighs> but I hate, you know, I have to do it. I have the can of bug spray nearby. We had a little invasion. They didn't make it to the pantry. Thank God. But they were getting close. So, yeah, just another day of glamour living in the suburbs. So I am excited to announce coming up on Sexy in the Suburbs, we have next, I am interviewing an influencer. She is a workout mama. She is a healthy living pillar of the community. She's also a former dancer for the NFL, San Diego Chargers, and someone I'm lucky enough to call my friend, Erin Salvetti. So we're going to get the scoop behind the scenes, what it's like to be an influencer, what it's like a day in the life. I don't want to give it all away, but I'm excited to have her here and welcome her to the podcast next week. So stay tuned for that. And until next time, if you'd like to stay in touch or you have some questions for me or things you'd like us to address on the show, you can find me, go to my website at lauralombardo.com. That's www.lauralombardo.com. Go to the podcast page or you can do contact and send your questions in because I'm going to address them on the air. We'll be doing once a month listener questions, shows based off what you guys are talking about and what people want to hear about. Thanks so much. And until next time, stay sexy. Thank you for listening to another episode of Sexy in the Suburbs. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes and follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Laura Lombardo Official. Have a fabulous day and until next time, keep it sexy.